Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, it is Season 5, and this is Episode 28 of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. It is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. You have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. CC 15-year-old Sherry Cass called the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. And I'm not going to lie, Ray. Rang in the new year very early. Did not make it to midnight here in the East. Oh, I just you I didn't don't eh? do that any. It's for kids. I, I just can't do it anymore. You, you know what? We get the benefit of let me jump here, Drakes. We watch the ball drop at like nine o'clock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to see. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, it's, it's New Year's somewhere. <laughs> exactly right. But I did ring in my version of the new year with uh, a little bit of the CC Sherry cast. I did. There's a, you know, I know you steamrolled your bottle because yeah. Landon and, uh, and Matt were there and you enjoyed yeah. it as part of the festivities. Did the same thing over the holiday season. So yeah. there's maybe a splash left, but man. That's the way to bring in 2024. I, I I am telling you, without a word of hyperbole, that is magic. <laughs> it it is, it is amazing it, how smooth it is. I can't, yeah. I couldn't even believe it. And then of course, once those two savages, my sons got a hold of it, it was finished. <laughs> well, what wasn't smooth uh, was the outcome of the quarterfinal: Canada playing against Czechia. Uh, so. Mm. Let's start there with our Tim Hortons headlines. Brought to you by Tim Hortons, where their holiday merchandise is still available. How about that snowy Timbits Night 500-piece puzzle or the new limited edition Tim Hortons Winter Blend Fine Grind Coffee? Or if hot chocolate is your thing, the candy cane hot chocolate mix is delicious. Only at Tim's. So let's look back at uh, the quarterfinal that it was. Tough start for Canada, first period. They're, they're down 2 nothing, not playing that well. Uh, found a way to claw back, as you often see in junior hockey, the World Junior sure. Championship level. Second period, much better. Third period, pretty good. And then wouldn't wouldn't you know it, Ray? And I look, of course we want Canada or the U.S. to win, right? We're Canadian. We're American. It's good for ratings when these teams are, are involved. But in saying that, you, you, you take the good with the bad. And Czechia is a good team. Great hockey country. Those kids are wired and fired up, and they want to win more than anything. So you you do get the thrill of the ceremony and the celebration post-game as they score with 11 seconds left. Puck goes off Matt Potter's stick, and they go off Oliver Bonk, and then eludes Rousseau, who had no no chance on that play. But a heartbreaker for Canada, but Czechia moves on and will celebrate every second of it. Well, I'm telling you, this this scenario in tournament hockey has been played out a billion times. <laughs> and the quarterfinal is the worst game of the tournament because the, the teams that are favored either heavily or marginally, they feel so much pressure because, of course, you lose, you're out, but you lose and you're not even in a position to medal. There's great pressure in the quarterfinal game. I think it's the hardest game to play unless you're such a prohibitive favorite that you're going to walk through. Yeah. It is it is a brutal game to play. And Canada starting the way they did, now they got to claw back in. In that third period, <clears throat> I don't think Czechia had the puck in the Canadian zone for a minute, a minute yeah. and a half in, in the period. And so I'm, I'm thinking as I go along, I'm like, I, I got this 
thought in my head about the first tournament that I did. And it was in Calgary in 2012 and Canada was down five, one. Mm-hmm. And they came all the way back to tie it up five, five Russia pulls the goalie pulls their starting goalie. Oh, it's Andre Vasilevsky and puts mm-hmm. in this kid, Andre Makarov for the last five minutes. And unbelievably he makes a couple of great saves. But my point is that the goalie for Czechia looked really solid. And I'm like, this is starting to smell yeah. like a late goal somehow. Not like that, but I just kind of like one shot. The Russo's standing down there. He's not sh- not having the ability to be sharp because he's just standing there. Yeah. And it's a, it's a brutal loss for a Canadian team that if we go back to last week, Jeff O'Neill told us they might need a hero performance because they yeah. don't have a standout dominant group. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Celebrini's line was really dangerous. I thought Patra uh, had a couple of chances late, but he's a great example of why guys that are in the NHL don't just walk through this tournament. It's a hard tournament, man. And you don't quite feel right. You get there late. You're kind of out of sync a little bit. And mm. I thought he had a really good third period, but man, at two, two, you, you don't put them away early. Uh, it that scenario comes back to bite the favorites in the butt more often than not. And so that's eventually what played out. Yeah. Let me ask you this. And and look again, not taking anything <clears throat> away from Czechia. You know, they did sure. what they had to do to win that hockey game and bounces go either way. That's just the luck of it. Um, I would, I thought Matt Potter had a pretty good tournament. I, I did. I mean, you know, I think that people maybe expected that he'd step in to, to your point and and be a huge difference maker. Offensively, that's not really the game that he plays. He's he's more of a playmaker and all of that. Mm-hmm. But the outcome and and whatever negativity drifts his way, fair or unfair, you know, if you're an NHL club, does that give you pause moving forward? <clears throat> you know, if this kid is an NHL player <clears throat> 27 games in, is there really a benefit to throwing him into that? spotlight because it either goes great or the second guessing and the questions follow when it doesn't go great well i'm gonna say more often than not it doesn't go great it's really hard to come from a really structured game in the nhl to one that's going to be less structured by nature of a team being put together for a short period of time and with junior hockey um I don't think it gives teams pause. And the reason is, um, if the situation is right for your guy, you're going to get him this high profile, high pressure set of games. Because in most cases, the player isn't playing very much at the NHL level. And Patra had gone through a few scratches in the prior couple of weeks. His minutes had started to, to get squeezed a bit. And then the team has a few more weeks to determine what they want to do with the player. Now, I haven't heard one way or the other if Boston's intending to bring them back or not or whatever it is, but lots of teams will get them to this point and return them to junior hockey because they're like, look, you got a, you know, a three month taste of the NHL and now he knows and now he can go back and play really, really a, a strong second half of the season. I mean, that there's a whole bunch of things yeah. that come into play. And so I don't, I don't think it really changes. I do think it's not the right thing for a lot of players, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't, in, in some cases, I think um, it, it just doesn't fit for the particular right. player. Yeah. Well, I know the plan was 
for Matt Potter to return to Boston. So we'll see if that changes. Yeah, Boston didn't get any deeper at center over the break. No. So, you know, <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> um, all right. Another successful <clears throat> winter classic. If we shift gears yep. to uh, another major spectacle hockey event, um, Seattle hosting the winter classic Seattle, the Kraken that is shut out the Vegas golden Knights, Joey Decord stopped all 35 for a second career shutout. Uh, Grubauer's hurt, so Joey Ducord gets more of an opportunity here in the last couple of weeks. But talk about a guy making the most of his chance. Mm. I mean, he's fighting for a job in the NHL, and he's doing what he can do to secure that job. Dregs, remember, it's got to be season one, I think. We had Joey on as a guest, and um, he had jumped on the scene in Ottawa. Um made a nice little impact to start and then tore his ACL and, you know, was out uh, obviously for the rest of the year and uh, took him a road to get back. Now uh, it's a interesting thing because he had kind of lost sort of his foothold and then he signs in Seattle and he goes and he plays in Coachella Valley in the American hockey league, which is not very far from where he played college hockey at Arizona state. And takes him to the to the finals. He wins 15 games. Didn't win the 16th game. They lost game seven. Comes into camp and and wins the job as the as the backup. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's given them very good goaltending without Grubauer. He has. And um, he is. It's funny, you know. Guy gets on a roll, and <laughs> how many teams are looking for somebody to take the net? <laughs> Anybody. Yeah. They don't care who. And he was really good. Got a, you know, made a couple of nice saves and in a great atmosphere. Man, that that looked great last yesterday. The yeah. the weather was good. The scene is good, and uh, certainly a successful winter classic. What do you make of the Vegas Golden Knights? And we've talked about it here on the Randrix podcast before. Yeah. There there has to be an ebb and flow when you're trying to defend the Stanley Cup. So mentally, you got to be tough enough, knowing that there are going to be dark stretches and. And that's what they're in right now. Um, what is it? Six of eight? Six of their last eight? Yeah. Haven't gone well for the Vegas right. Golden Knights. Just a blip for you? Uh, for me, it is. But, the, you know, how long does the blip last? For everybody, yeah. it's different. Um, you know, at the start of it, you kind of go, ah, yeah, we're expecting this. And then now you're getting into a point where you're like, okay, now we're starting to get angry. Yeah. And the, the one thing that will happen is Vegas will play probably a couple of good games and lose. Yeah. And then you'll you'll see the the boat starting to turn direction again. Um, I I I don't have any real <clears throat> concerns. You know when when Hill went out, um, that probably takes away a little bit of the depth of that goaltending position for them. But um, mm. I, I would say you're probably entering into the Bruce Cassidy less patient stage <laughs> right now. And um, and what does that uh, look like, by the way? Oh. I, I shorter. think things shorter, shorter fuse, shorter, yeah. um, shorter um, acceptance of the stage that you're in. It's like, okay, guys, time to time to get back to work. The problem is now you've lost it a little bit, and it generally takes longer to get it back than it does to lose it. Yeah. Even for a good team like Vegas. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> we want to get to Ottawa here in just a moment, but you've just kind of reminded me of something. Just a real quick thought, if you can, on Sheldon Keefe. Um, caused some noise in, in Toronto. And, and I mean, you're in the Vancouver market and it's the same sort of environment, right? I mean, right. 
even a little bit of noise can be deafening at times. And so Sheldon Keefe decides that he's going to send a message to his team. And he sends that message by scratching David Kampf. Um, I, I mean, he's a fourth line player, um, you know, very responsible, defensive minded centerman. So I, I'm not suggesting that there's no message being sent there. But if you're sending a message to your group, aren't you sending it with a bigger name, whomever that is? I mean, if you bench Mitch Marner for half a game or a period, ah, okay, mm-hmm. now, now you've got the attention of the group. Do you get the attention by, by scratching David Camp, who was working on a 300-plus Ironman streak? Well, the, the Ironman streak, I, <clears throat> I don't think, plays, plays into no. it. I mean, it's no. a lousy way for the streak to end. For sure, um, in in my mind, that uh, it makes no impact at all. Um, it's just kind of like stomping your feet, you know. Like I'm really mad, and then you stomp your feet, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it it doesn't carry the weight of somebody else. Now, Sheldon Keefe, like many NHL coaches, is in a tough spot because you can't really go jump on people's toes anymore the way you used to. Because if you do, and they go south on you, now you're in trouble. The coach is. Mm-hmm. And if the mistake is that they have way too many, too many men on the ice penalties, then you can address that in different ways. The, the first way, and maybe they've already done that, is the cadence in the way you call your lines on the bench yeah. has to be different. Because what you're doing isn't working. And once, once maybe you get past that, then you get to the point where you say the next, the next at fault guy is going to sit. Yeah. Like who, cause you can tell, like the, it might not look like it on the, when you watch, but you can tell who's not supposed to be out there. Right. Yeah. Like everybody on the bench knows when the wrong guy is on the ice. Yeah. And you look out and you're like, Oh, would you look at that? We got three left wingers on the ice. That's probably an issue. <laughs> So I, I think that's the, the issue that, that Keith has is that, you know, that it, you get to a point where you have to make some kind of stance. I don't know that camp is that stance. Um, right. and the other noise, of course, is they, they wave Samson off in goal. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably had to happen. And I, I'm telling you, when you get a goalie publicly talking about how lousy he is, it's a slippery slope, man. That I'm with the confidence, like, don't say anything. If I'm the team psychologist, I grab the goalie, I have a little chat with them, have a coffee, and say, I got an idea. When you suck, don't say anything. When you're great, don't say anything. Yeah. Just go play. Because the more attention you bring to yourself, the worse it gets. And now they got what Dennis Hildeby's yeah. going to come up and yeah, gonna try and, yeah, yeah, they're going to try and tread water until. Joe Wall gets back and hope that he can get back to the, you know, the level of play that he had. You know, I'm getting soft in my older age as a media person, but, uh, and I'm not piling on the PR department of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but given the situation of Ilya Samsonov and that last start, I wouldn't have wheeled him out there. Media would have been upset, right? Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Like you do want a level of accountability from your individual Mm -hmm. players and media want to talk to the starting goaltender or the goaltender of record, depending on how that game went. But to your point, how many times do you need to hear from this guy that he hasn't played well 
and needs to be better before you go, all right, well, this isn't healthy for him mentally anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it becomes, uh, then, then it becomes a battle actually quickly between the team and the press. Yeah. And you does. take, yeah. Uh, and so if you're willing to fight or wanting to fight that battle, go ahead. Um, you will take most of the, uh, most of the pressure off the goaltender because he's not going to say anything because yeah. he's not going to be there. Um, I, I am, uh, I, I, I always subscribe to trying to be honest as much as I could. Yeah. But there was a certain point where, you know, if I had gone six or seven games without a goal and some guy asked me, uh, you know, you haven't scored in seven games. What do you think of your play? I would say, well, what do you think? I haven't scored in three weeks. Like, the, like what else is there to say? I'm going to break yeah. down shift by shift. No, beat yeah. it. <laughs> you know, like I haven't scored. I, you know, no, I'm not happy. That's it. Yeah. I'm trying. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, but the thing is like, Samson off as the goalie gets, you know, gets put in a position. Would you like any of the goals back? Well, I don't know. I gave up six. Like, what do you think? Yeah. But, but not everybody's built that way. Right. And then the pressure builds. And then he knows when he gives up a lousy one that the entire bench is staring at him. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not a, it's not a complicated thing. What's hard is like I just talked about with Vegas. It's way easier to lose it than it is mm -hmm. to get it back. Way easier. It's hard to get it back. Well, the focus is on getting it back, and that's the <clears throat> yep. mental toughness, the mental side of the game. So even though he's been demoted to the Marlies, he's not going to play with the Marlies. They're going to surround him with, you know, the coaching staff, um, you know, whether it's Curtis Sanford or whoever. You know, he'll, yep. he'll have the, the psychological support that's required, and they're hoping that that'll kind of drag him back. Well, Drake? Uh, Carolina just did it with Auntie Ronto. And it worked. Like, or it seems to be worked. Seemed, yeah, well, he's yeah. back. And, yeah. you know, and so, like, they hope that maybe a little yeah. refresh and yeah. out of the spotlight and maybe you can get your stuff back together. Changes in Ottawa, as we know here, Ray. Mm -hmm. Dave Poulin leaves the cushy lifestyle of an NHL analyst. Can't believe he had enough of you. To, to join the Ottawa Senators as a senior VP of, of hockey operations. So Steve Stales removes the interim title. He's now the full-time GM of mm -hmm. the Sens. And, uh, this was kind of predictable. Maybe not that, <coughs> excuse me, Bully was going to jump into the hockey operations world again. Right. But the fact that Ann Lauer, who stated at the Board of Governors meeting, he likes the two-headed monster of Jeff Gorton and Ken Hughes in Montreal. So that was kind of an indicator that, okay, well, if they were going to hire a general manager, then Stales would retain his role as president and you'd have that. But in this case, you've got an experienced hockey man with a wealth of management experience in Pooley coming over as the senior VP. And Ann Lauer wanted Stales to hold on to the GM title and they give Ryan Bonus a little bit more responsibility. I, I like the look of this management group in Ottawa now. Well, I, I do very much so. Um, like, like almost, well, not almost. I'm going to say this without having the exact scientific number. <laughs> okay. Everyone that's, everyone that's met Dave Poulin thinks he's a fantastic person. And so when he goes into that front office, he's a, a person, as I know, with no ego, um, that enjoys the team, uh, collaboration in anything yeah. that he does. 
but he's got, if you don't think Dave Poulin's got a backbone, then you don't, you don't know Pooley at all. So now let's look at this. Like, so Ann Lauer and Steos have this long history through the junior team in Hamilton. So Mm -hmm. Michael Andlauer would be very certain about what Steve Steos is. Steos would know Poulin through their connections mm-hmm. in, in the hockey world. And of course, Ryan Bonus is there, so they've had some time to get to know Ryan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's the way that front offices need to be run. Um, the president of hockey operations and the GM, somebody's got to be in charge, and there is a hierarchy, right? Steos is going to make the final say. But um, I think you need more people to be involved because the game is more complicated than it was in the past, mm. even just five or seven years ago, right? Like, like the, yeah. Steos is going to say, or Poulin's going to say, or Bonus is going to say, hey, we need, a, we need a left winger. And then they're going to walk down the hall and the cap person is going to say, uh, no, it's not going to be that guy that you really want. Right. He doesn't fit. Like yeah. the collaboration that's involved is so much more um, important and needed. Um, I, I do really like this. And we've talked a couple times, Dregs, that they were still ankle deep in the mud mm-hmm. in Ottawa. And you could see the good things that were going to be there in the future. Well, now they, they talk about stability and wanting it. Now you have, now you've just laid the foundation for your stability. Mm-hmm. I think they'll do a very so, good job. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago um, on the pod, you talked about how, okay, the season is essentially over for Ottawa in right. terms of looking at the playoff picture. <clears throat> I mean, let's be real. That's that's where they're at. And so what they need to do is do a forensic audit of every single player. Now there are guys on this roster, we know who they are, that are untouchable. They're not messing with them. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the other pieces that you're not sure of, but you know what you need to be more competitive. And that was the messaging that I'm taking away from Ottawa since the changes made this week, is that you know Ryan Bonus is out west right now, uh, pro scouting, he's scouring the league. I mean, they're looking for more complete players, mm. which sounds cliche though, doesn't it? Because there isn't a general manager out there that doesn't want that 200 foot forward. I mean, right. the, the, the good guys, uh, they're hard to find, but that's what Ottawa is going to do for the remainder of this season. And that, that feels like a healthy approach, right? They're, they're past the turning of the corner. They need to get competitive. So that next year is a playoff reality. It, yes, for sure. Um, now you've got till the deadline to make those evaluations, yeah. the initial, um, evaluations. And then if there were to be a bigger move, um, it might be it might be towards the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the mix isn't right in Ottawa. They've got a lot of talented people. Um, they're going to get Shane Pinto back. I don't know what game they're at right now, but Pinto's getting close here, mm-hmm. um, and he's got to sign some kind of contract, whether it's his um, qualifying Qualifier, offer, or, or yeah, yes. or you know, I mean, if they what if the what if the new group has decided, you know what, we want to sign him for like a bridge deal because we think yeah. he's part of the core. And then all of a sudden we have our center ice of Stutzla and, and um, Norris and Pinto in shape. Like all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, yeah. now we're a little bit different. 
Uh, do we need a different mix on the blue line? Can we afford the guys that we're going to have to sign? Don't forget, even though they haven't made the playoffs, doesn't mean the guys aren't going to make more money. Yeah. Right. And so there's lots of decisions, but they, it does feel like they need a different mix. They're on a five game road trip starts tonight in Vancouver. Um, I'm, I'm doing the game. And so I'm curious to see them live because you watch them on TV and, mm-hmm. you know, you can see what they're trying to accomplish with Jacques Martin. And, um, sometimes it looks good and sometimes not so good. And <laughs> that, that's, but that's the evaluation of where they are. And, I, I don't know. I just, I have a good feeling that they're going to get it right because they have a lot of building block pieces there. Yeah. Okay. So because the Vancouver game leads us to the next connection, I remember having multiple conversations with Jimmy Rutherford prior to the Canucks making their coaching change. And mm-hmm. the reason, and, and look, we keep, we kept speculating early in the year saying, well, you know, inevitably they're going to hold on to Bruce uh, until they get to, January, February, because they needed to, management needed to see what the Vancouver Canucks makeup was, right? Like, let's first right. analyze our, our lineup as a management group. And then, but it was important to get Rick Tockett in when they did, so that you get through that part of the year, right? And by right. the time you get to the training camp, everybody's on the same page. The team right. knows what to expect from Rick Tockett. We know that Dave Poulin, will be a strong advocate for Craig Berube. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Like They're like-minded. They've got history together. I believe that Steve Stales is a big fan of Craig Berube as a, a coach. As I said on the podcast a week or two ago, Berube, when he got let go, wanted to take some time. But if we're being specific to Ottawa, worried about, okay, well, they don't have a full-time GM. Well, now mm-hmm. they have a full-time <clears throat> GM. Right. So right. does it make sense for Ottawa to strike right now while, while the iron is hot. Barube's available. A month from now, he may not be available, right? But using right. that same methodology that the Canucks use with Rick Tockett so that next year you get to training camp, you're all ready to go. Oh, I, I think it would be, uh, unless Jacques Martin is going to coach this team longer term, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be a mistake not to bring in your coach uh, in the second half of the year provided the guy that you want is is sitting there. And if it is Barube, yeah. um, what difference does it make if it's now or, you know, four months from now? Yeah. Well, the difference is he would be able to put his systems and his terminology and his staff together in a timely fashion. I, when you said about, you know, a long connection with Poulin and, and Barube, <laughs> I just thought, yeah, Pooley used to kill all his penalties. <laughs> That's exactly where it started. It's exactly where it started. Um, he, again, sometimes it's so it fits so well that you think you might be missing something, or at right. least I do. And yeah. that's what I kind of feel with Baruby. Like it looks like it fits really Too well. Good. Yeah, you know it. It it really it really does. I'll tell you one other thing. They better get in the uh, in the Ottawa office right now if they don't have them yet. Better get somebody to go down to Staples because Pooley needs his colored pens. <laughs> Nobody highlights like Dave Poolin. <laughs> O-Dog made reference to the notepads, right? He goes, one <laughs> thing they better have in abundance is notepads. <laughs> notepads and highlighters. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> Professional Women's Hockey League launched oh. yesterday. I'm not sure how much of it you got to watch. <coughs> uh, new- what do you, What do you think? All of it. Well, no, I, we it was a little early out here for us. We were getting rolling a little later, but we had it on. Can't, you think Cammy's not oh. watching? Come on, nah. But you know what? It it, no. it wasn't just the hockey, of course, that drew no. us to that game. It was the history in the making, the first goal scored, just the crowd. I mean, everything about it. Um, the Eric Lindros tweet, by the way, was phenomenal. I don't know if you caught it. I, he, I did not see it. No. He, he showed a picture of his daughter who, apologies, I, I don't recall what, what Eric's daughter's name is. But she's a, she's a hockey player. And mm-hmm. he you know, basically said congratulations to the PWHL. You know, my daughter is a classic example of someone who couldn't be more thrilled for what we're seeing history in the making. And then look out because she's coming for you. <laughs> awesome. But I mean, he's so good. And that, to me, made that game special. Not because one team, you know, it's the first game ever. It was just everything about it. It, it, it felt like it was supposed to be, like it was meant to be. Well, okay, so for a long time, you know, Back to when Cammy was playing, they would love to have had something like this. Yeah. But the you need the backing, you need the support, you need the financial wherewithal, you need the structure of the league to be in place. And that, for whatever reason, took a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Billie Jean King told the told the girls in Seattle, or uh, rather in St. Louis at the All Star Game a couple of years ago. History moves fast. However, when you're in the middle of change, it doesn't feel that way. Mm. And so in 1998, uh, the U.S. beat Canada in the gold medal game in Nagano. And mm. Cami has a gold medal from that. Eight, ten years earlier, there was, there was no women's Olympic hockey. Right. With no women's Olympic hockey, there is no growth of the game. With no growth of the game, there is no PWHL. There, there were gold medalists on the U.S. women's team 20 years later that got their start because they watched Cammy and those girls play. Hillary Knight wears number 21 because of Cammy. Mm-hmm. Kendall Coyne yeah. was a little, little shrimp, went to Cammy's <laughs> hockey school in Chicago. And that story plays out all across Canada with those, all those women that are trailblazers that have helped the game grow here. So what happened in Toronto yesterday is the first step of, it's not the last step, it's just the first step. Mm-hmm. And it looked great. And yeah. the games will, um, they'll be good and bad. And it, it shouldn't be evaluated by the first week or the first month. The backing is there, the game will grow. And for all of these women and for Eric's daughter and every girl mm-hmm. like them, there's now a dream to be had. And and that's the best part. I, I like the fact they're being bold too, right? I mean, we, how many times on the pod or in media in general over the years, the decades, have we talked about the point system in the NHL and what they could do differently right. to tweak it here or there? Well, the women, you know, P, uh, PWHL launches, and there they are. They've got three points for a win in regulation, two points yeah. for an overtime win or shootout loss, zero for regular time loss. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and except they have, I will say they have the benefit of being new. And here are our rules. Yeah, the the NHL is like any other established league 
it's a oil tanker and to turn the thing to make them oh my gosh like you know drags you know better than than yeah. most yeah. if 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 you ask them to change the shade of red to a little bit less red yeah it takes eight board of governor meetings and like the 321 system they they can tell me all day long that it doesn't change who gets in or out of the playoffs you know that there's very little cuz that's basically the argument yeah i don't care it looks better it yeah. seems better it mm-hmm. seems more um logical it seems yeah. like it rewards the right thing for sure and so i'm glad that the women went to it I, uh, the league went to it i kind of do like the shorthanded goal thing. it's a little gimmicky but i kind of like it that ends the penalty kill yes yeah i, I want to like see it, it. i, I want to yeah. see it i just like it out. in theory i'm like i do too i do too and but they're in the position they can try it because in in the first season if it doesn't work they can go eh, no good <laughs> I like it. Those are your headlines brought to you by Tim Hortons. By the way, as we wrap up headlines, you know, it has that rule adjustment theme. We've had a couple of questions coming up in Ask Ray and Greg's rule related, which we'll get to momentarily. Just a reminder, our interviews on Ray and Greg's are brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, the 15-year-old Sherry Cask, signature CC Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging. In Oloroso Sherry Cass. Delicious. All right, send us your questions on Twitter and Instagram at Ray and Dregs or on the website rayandregs.com to ask Ray and Dregs anything. And as I teased, we've got a question from Steve on X. Steve wants more goals and a better overall show in the NHL. And he's got this idea. He's asking about new rules that might encourage what I've just said, but he wants the lob pass, Ray, outlawed. Doesn't like the lob pass. Says it can't be defended, and based on the level of skill, meaning high-level skill, it's likely going to increase in frequency. I'm not so sure about that. Some teams use it more than other teams, I don't really think that it it has a whole lot of bearing on the entertainment value of the game. If it get exe- if it gets executed to perfection and it leads to a goal, I'm good with that. Okay, okay so the the lob pass. So yeah. what constitutes a lob pass, Drakes? I mean, I guess it would be what from the defensive zone, you flip it up high and buddy gets it on the breakaway just before okay, the offensive. So wh- what's line. too high? <laughs> what's a lob let's define that's what, what i mean is it is. nine okay. feet ten feet or are they going to yeah. walk around with a laser that goes across like it, here's the thing when people send in ideas you got to think of it like okay ha- sure great idea whatever bad idea whatever how are they going to implement that are they going to put a roof eight and a half feet over the ice and you can't flip it up over that like <laughs> and it, you, yeah. it just can't be it, it just I, I get it. If you, if you don't like that, then go put the red line back in. There you get rid of the lob pass. You get rid of a <laughs> lot of things. And then you add 14 face-offs a game with the two-line yeah. pass. Well, I like the fact that Steve is thinking outside of the box. Yeah, I don't uh, mind you know, it at all. You got to implement no. it, though. All right. Uh, Kevin has an interesting idea. <sighs> I don't think either one of us wants more stoppages in an NHL game, right? I no, mean, no. You deal with the TV timeouts. 
There are a number of reviews that happen over the course of a regular season. However, Kevin is saying each team would be given an independent penalty challenge per game to combat maybe missed call, maybe there's an embellishment, something along those lines. And he says, with all the commercial breaks and stoppages, the game can't be more interrupted than it is. So why not go all in? Well, actually, it would become more interrupted. He's just given there's two per two more per yes, game. There's two, and coaches would use it. Of course, they would. So, so now that would mean if there were no whistles yeah. in the game, likely you would get at least one of those penalty challenges a game. Yeah, probably two. Let's mm-hmm. say there's one. That means guaranteed there's ten stoppages, nine commercial breaks. And the uh, the one penalty challenge. Right. That's assuming there were no icings, no glove saves, no pucks deflected into the netting. There'd be, I, I, I can't even imagine how long it would take to review a penalty. <laughs> like, here's the other thing. And again, for implementation, I, I get it. He's not wrong. Yeah. Most teams would like to challenge at least one call per game. But TV likes the game to be in a tidy two and a half hour window. Yeah. If it gets past three, oh my gosh, they've yeah. got yeah. chaos. Meetings over that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, I, this one I could I could see like yeah, it would be really nice to to get most of them right, but I just don't know how they would be able to do that in a Unless, timely manner. Yeah, you're right, and and extra stoppages are what will kill this idea. But if you had the flip side, you know, like a coach's challenge where mm-hmm. if, you know, if, if you call this and they decide in whatever the timely fashion is that it's not a penalty, then you get a delay game penalty for. for no, but see, the coaches, the coaches will lose their mind <laughs> if the league puts more responsibility on them. Right. To dictate the rules of the game. They're like, look, yeah. they're your rules. Call it. Why do I have to take a chance on four guys sitting in the war room in in the NHL offices for an opinion? Because that's what goalie interference is. Why do they get a penalty for that? This this goes down a slippery slope that that, no, it's that's not okay. But so here, what about this? I mean, it's a good talking point now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up quick with this. What if the penalty's made and they're the supervisor that's at the game. Yeah. Um, or I, well, I guess he would have to wait for the review. No, I'm going to, I'm going to withdraw that. I've got a solution because okay. I don't, because <laughs> my solution sucks. It really does. <laughs> so I'm going to take it out. I don't. All right, Steve and uh, Kevin, thank you. Uh, you can again, submit uh, questions to ask Ray and Dregs anything. Instagram and X. It's at Ray and Dregs or the website rayandregs.com. As we land the mothership here on another edition of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, as you're talking, I can see something over my right shoulder. And obviously, you have to subscribe to the YouTube channel to mm. see it. Can you see it beside the microphone? No. Hold on. I'll uh, get it. Well, oh, I, oh, that's uh, that's at the 45. Oh, <laughs> oh I was looking at the <laughs> bottle on the other thing. What the heck is that? That's Groot. Do you not watch the Avengers series or any of the Marvel movies? No, I don't. I got this from Katie. 
for Christmas. I find it hilarious just because you thought I needed a, a splash of color on the bookshelf. I, I, like, I like that from Katie, the woman's so, touch yeah. that says color, because yeah. she, see me, I look back there, I see the bottle. <laughs> I see well, the yes. Canadian As most bottle. men do, yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I, you know, I don't watch all the Marvel movies, but I did. I watched Endgame last night, which is about three and a half hours long after the oh. Winter Classic. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, what's the week look like, my friend? Uh, off to Boston tomorrow. Um, have Well, actually, Canucks game tonight. Um, yeah. Ottawa's here. Yeah. And then uh, 7 a.m. flight tomorrow to Boston for the Pittsburgh Boston. Penguins and the Bruins. Penguins are playing a lot better. Seem to be, uh, yeah. 6-1-1 yeah. one and one in their last eight. So um, got that on Thursday, fly back Friday. And, um, and then, like every parent, uh, weekend and then the kids go back to school and mm. as my mom would say i've got you guys ready for school just in case they want to send you back early <laughs> she would we had four boys fighting by the second week of break she's like i you guys go back to school go somewhere yeah. Yeah. it's like week one you, you're okay by week two yeah. it's like we we're i don't know about others but we had an amazing vacation and Good. like um you know, from Landon's baby on the 24th to great Christmas and uh, baptism of my older grandson, grandson and granddaughter. Yeah, trail. On the, uh, I went up to trail this week and uh, yeah, it was really awesome. We had a really great vacation. And uh, so last weekend of vacation, that'll kill the week. What about yeah. you, empty nesters? Yeah, more or less. Uh, we haven't been over Christmas. Yeah. It's uh, nice eh, to have them yeah. back. Yeah, Katie, actually, I'm driving her to the airport. She's heading back to Thunder Bay to Lakehead uh, today, this afternoon. Mason Dreger's going back to Guelph. Uh, works at the brewery, Sleeman Brewery. So he's got to put in a hard-working shift this week. So, uh, And then Holly is uh, also heading west to visit with her family in BC. So I awesome. will be, it'll be me and Tiny. So we'll be true empty nesters for the rest of the Oh, well, enjoy the peace. Other than that, you know, bit of a bone to pick with Dave Poulin because oh. he jumped ship and all hell breaks loose because now we're filling shifts here, right? Like, you know, the analyst that he was for TSN. So I'm oh. actually doing a Jets game tonight from the home studio. Mm. Yeah, so right. I'll yeah. be doing Jets intermissions moving forward. So well, that's well, the Jets, the Jets are rolling too. So it's a good story. It, yeah. Don't, uh, don't drag them down, Drakes. Don't I'll, drag try them down. My, I'll try my best. All right, buddy. We'll reconnect later this week. Yep. Have, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, all the best in 2024 for everybody. I hope your new year starts great. Yes. And thank you to our sponsors who continue to support Ray and Regs, our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and Tim Hortons. And thank you for rating, for listening, for sharing the pod, and for subscribing with us on the Ray and Regs YouTube channel. Until next time, stay safe, everybody. 